guys. We're back again. Uh, cover some more topics this week with David and I. Um, first thing I think we wanted to touch on is just now that you know GME and everything is kind of dead, we just can look at the big picture of the whole chart pattern and give you guys an idea what's going on. And then I want to touch on a couple other stocks actually that this week went ran up between you know 400 and what do I have here 400 up to like over a thousand percent. So um, you know, same kind of thing as GME. It's just nobody's talking about it just to kind of justify that you don't want to get excited about these things and just learn how to play them because they do happen more often than you think. Um, and then I think David's going to go over some other stuff that he's picked up along the way. If you want to touch on that quick. Yeah, um, kind of kind of relating to the GME thing. Um, I wanted to show my charts for Xpeng. Uh, it's an EV electric vehicle company and um, I bought in early and I sold early and it just it spiked up and I wanted to go through the whole story. And then I had a few anecdotes that I got from some books that I thought might be good mental exercises for uh, for traders. All right, cool. All right, so Sam, if you wouldn't mind pulling up my uh, chart here, and we can just kind of take a look at GME. <clears throat> All right, so obviously, I'm sure most of you guys have already seen this chart. This is GME on the daily. So, you know, the run started down here around 40. Well, I guess you could argue it started down here around 20 bucks, but consolidated for a while and 40 bucks is kind of really when it took off went up to you know the 500 for roughly a thousand or so percent increase um this one's really messy like if you look at these candles like that's not a nice clean chart by any stretch of the imagination that's just because of how much hype and everything went into it but the bottom line is like you know like we were telling you i think even back on like this this one red day here everyone was asking if they should buy it and hold it forever and we were telling everyone no and it's going to come back down to nothing and you know sure as Sure as hell, it came back down to 50 bucks down. It's probably just going to keep coming down. Um, you know, you might get some odd little bounces on it, but nothing too crazy at this point. So I'm just going to open. Um, well, I wanted to mention something funny about the price. So I actually tried charting it the other day. And because the, the price move is so parabolic, you're going from like $17 to like 500 the, the Fibonacci tool actually doesn't work when you're trying to use it. It doesn't expand correctly. Oh, really? <laughs> you can't, like trading, you just can't do the calculation. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's probably a good sign that it's not good to play. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so this this is like, uh, I like to use the line chart. Um, a lot of people don't because, you know, you do miss out on some some details, like on these on these tops and stuff, you know, right here, for example. Um, actually, the most recent one, I think, is probably easiest. So right down here, if you look at this day, which was um, the last day it traded, you know, the top of this wick shows 87.60. But if we go to the actual one-minute chart... This is on Friday, you know, it went up to 95 bucks. So we're, you know, we're like seven or so bucks out of range on that. But um, the nice thing about the line charts and the reason why I use it to draw on a lot of my resistance levels is it's just any anytime you see like a bottom or a top on a line, that's usually a really good, that's usually a better indicator of where support and resistance is over those little wicks because those things don't really hold as much value. Um, that's just something that I've noticed. And I know like, like some traders like using line charts, some traders hate it for me. I've just found it really easy. Um, so just to talk about, you know, the whole kind of setup of it. So you got this big run up here and the key that you really want to look at on these kind of moves, I'm going to, I'm going to show you guys a couple after that are a little bit cleaner, but obviously this is the one that everybody knows, um, is really identifying the front side of the move versus the back side. And what we mean by that is essentially the front side of the move is when the longs are in control and they're pushing the stock up, you know, shorts are being squeezed, 
So that's a time when you have to really take a lot of caution if you're shorting and you can be a little bit more aggressive if you're going long. So, you know, if you're shorting like like this move here, for example, just, you know, way back to like a week or two weeks or so ago, you know, we spiked up from 95 bucks, went straight up to, you know, 230. So like this type of move, this is all front side. Like there's nothing in that that's indicated that the stock's broken down. So if you see something like this and, you know, it spikes up to, you know, here at 236 and then it comes down here to 209 and then it bounces up. You can see right there to 226. You know, if you're going to short this bounce on 226, don't just hold that and expect it to sell all the way off because there's there's been no key resistance or support levels that have been broken to indicate that that stock's coming right down. Um, like from my perspective, just to show you guys what I see, like this line right here at 197 i would consider that basically like the end the end of the stock like that's what i would call you know the, the, the stock's dead basically after that um you know you might say why not up here you know you can see this this bottom right here this bottom right there you know up here but like these kind of things you really want to look at the big picture and for me i'm just looking back here okay we have this huge day we have a big run up and then we get our first big crash so it crashes down hits right off of that, you know, 196, 197 area, and then it continues on in the upside. So even this big crash, I wouldn't consider that backside in the move because I would be looking for basically a break below this area. Um, keeps going up. This move right here, I want to zoom into this. Um, if you just give me a second here, because obviously that went below where I'm drawing my line. But that was this day here. So if we zoom in on that, you can see all these little bars here. These are all halts. So on this day, it was basically, you know, like we had this sell-off pre-market and then in the open, it shot up and it was literally, I think we were getting one or two minute candles and it was halting, one or two minute candles halting, one or two minute candles halting all the way up and all the way back down. That to me, like just personally, I know some guys read it a little different, but to me, that just makes a lot of those levels not completely invalid, but they just make them a little bit less of, a, of an interest for me for support and resistance because... Anytime a stock halts, there's a couple things that happen. You know, a lot of people get messages like you can set indicators that tells you when anytime a stock halts. So when that happens, a lot more people are going to come and watch it. It's going to change the price action. Um, it also changes the time frame. So, you know, if a stock halts for five minutes, opens, halts for five minutes, opens, it's just it's kind of extending, you know, 930 to 1030 is really the the high volume time of the day. So if you get outside of that, things kind of start to waver off a little bit. And that just that just like extends that time frame, and it just makes the whole system on these kind of plays really messy in my own personal opinion. Um, so that's why I don't really consider this too much of a, of a level. So if we go back again to the line chart here and pull that out. Um, so yeah, if we draw a line in here, you know, right at 196, that would be, if I was to short this, I couldn't because my broker restricted it, but <laughs> if I was to short this, that that would be, like the main level I'd be looking at, like just the idea really on these guys is because you can see, I mean, you can see the kind of range they have. You you really don't need to get in up here to try and start shorting. You don't need to fight this thing all the way down. Wait till it's, you know, worn everybody out. You know, it's, it's mental capital is just killing you. Wait till the thing actually breaks and then you can start shorting the downside. If you're long, then you can be pretty aggressive on the front side and there's no reason to absolutely panic and sell unless a key level breaks again so like for me again like this is a key level on this day right here so maybe on this day if i did decide to go long you know it bounces up came back close to this level maybe i went long here at 211 i'd be roughly risking off of this 197 so if it cut below that that's probably where i'd cut my loss 
and you you know you can keep buying and buying and selling on the way up or whatever but the key is you really want to identify those major major levels as to where the stock is is going to be broken or it's not going to be broken so as soon as it got below that line that's when you can see it real like like everything just faded right off like this was the first day that we had you know real real strong selling pressure um i guess you could argue with this that this day back here but if you take a look at the bottom you know look at the volume on that day so we had selling all day but the volume is relatively low this day we had selling all day again but we had way 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 higher volume and the reason for that is because it's broken this you know this death line right here so this is when everybody's panicking now so anybody that really knows how to read this stuff this is why you're getting all this volume is because everyone's seeing that and they're going oh crap so this is now everybody's selling everybody's shorting and they're just pumping this thing down because they know that key level is broken um so that's kind of the main thing you want to look at and then basically after that you're really just looking to short any kind of pop into any level of resistance like once that happens you're you're pretty safe to throw some size on this thing short i mean you can you know you can zoom in draw your levels anywhere you want um you know like this day here you could just look at this chart say you know maybe draw a line there um again you can't see it on this on this uh, line chart but this actually wicked up into 120 so you would have been executed there for you know a 10 20 30 40 dollars short roughly um even on this day here you know that's another good one like these days are tough because they just kind of trade off you can't really you, you never want to try and short and trace into weakness you want to try and shorten to a bounce into resistance so on this last day here this this was the last time we got a really good shove you know 50 bucks up to like i showed you on the thing it went up to 97 or so so you know you draw your resistance lines in i'd say probably right there right where that base is you can see it touched right here 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 you know sat under it there so there's a lot of levels right there so 85 is my maybe where i'd start considering short um, next level i see is probably kind of these tops right here and then you get all that consolidation around it through here so maybe 95 and then above that you're probably looking at you know 90 i don't know maybe 100 bucks yeah probably right around 100 bucks and then above that you know 108 but this kind of consolidation like when you have a whole day like this where it's basically going going sideways through all these levels that's that's a really good area to start drawing your lines off of because you have all that dense price action so it makes it easier to to draw your lines and create risk because if it does blow right through and it blows through all of this kind of volume that's just stuck in this area then that's a really good indicator that you know the trade's not going to go your way and it could continue back up but that's that's a pretty safe place to start short and then as you can see you know if we go to the one minute chart here on the morning yeah look at that so this would have been our starter and it you know it hit within i don't know 20 cents of that other line we drew so you can get really 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 good executions on these you know cover on the way down you're not holding these for the big fades because sometimes there's always a chance they can reclaim but um that's that's pretty much the way to read these things does that make sense david yeah i, I, I want to point out to people that this uh the media's got it wrong this there's nothing nothing wrong with short selling it's not evil it's what people do with it it's like a hammer it's like a tool it's a very useful tool in, in uh markets actually but you know, mm -hmm. if people decide to short a company and they go in the media and blast the company with lies like they did with Tesla for like three years saying their cars don't work, they're not profitable, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, it's one of the most shorted stocks, right? That's that's bullshit. That stuff needs to stop. Mm -hmm. Shorting a stock 140% of its float needs to stop. But the act of shorting doesn't need to stop. So Yeah, so that's the thing, too, is a lot of people don't realize is it would totally change the price action for longs and shorts, right? Like, we, I know we were talking about this the other day is even if you're a long, like a long bias trader, if you didn't have shorts, 
GME never would have happened because GME, the only reason it moved like that was because it was a short squeeze. So you're yeah. like, you're not getting nearly as many plays. Yeah. Not only that, like as a guy, cause my, my, my trading, I tend to like to catch knives, like catch a falling price. It's because the shorts that there's actually a bottom, right? If, if everybody decided, oh, I made enough money on this thing and they started landslide and avalanche of selling pressure, who's, who decides where to buy? right it's the first guys to think about a price that an exit is the short sellers so like well if this thing starts going down where do i take profit right so there's little spikes up after a big dump those are mostly short sellers yeah. and if enough of them take profit then you start creating a, a a reversal pattern right and then once it gets back up over some key levels that's when it could start going way to the upside again right yep so we go bull from bear to go pro again so they're very useful to be to be in the markets yeah yeah that's why that's why drawing these support and resistance levels are so key it's just all you're doing is looking at you know tops and bottoms on the chart that are that are pretty easily discernible and and that's basically what you're going to look into. I mean, everybody else is going to see the same lines you are. So all you have to do is um, you know like I just drew what five or six lines there on GME. So you know pick pick whatever lines you want to risk off of. If you want to pick all five, you know, and you're going short, then you know if you want to do a hundred shares, say you just do twenty you know twenty on each line, work your way up, get a nice even spread on it. If you're only think about shorting in the first two. And if it goes past the third, you think it's going to keep going up, then you can short more size on the bottom and cut it after the third line. You know, it's just, it's really up to the, it's really up to you as the trader, what you want to risk off of and um, where you really want to put your size off and where you're going to consider your particular trade thesis, you know, invalid. Because the reality is too, like so many people have different ideas, right? Like some people might be trying to fade this thing all day long. Some, some people are just trying to look for a quick, you know, two minute scalp. Some people are trying to, you know, trade around a core position. So, um, you, like a lot of those lines are going to be are potentially going to be broken. That might, you know, invalidate a certain trade idea, but they might still be fine for another one. So it's just it's just really sticking to what your exact plan is. You know, if I'm like Sam, if you wouldn't mind just pulling the chart back up here, um, like let's say my plan. You know, if we go, let's just go to the. Oh, here I'll just zoom out the chart a bit. So these are the lines that we drew in, right? Oh. Yeah, so these are the lines that I drew in there. So, you know, like, let's say I was trying to, like I said, short, you know, up on these four lines here, you know, 80 shares, say, or something like that. I do 20 here, 20 here, 20 here, 20 here. And then, you know, I would, I would maybe cut it, say, at like, at like 112 or something like that, right? Like, that would, that would be how I would play that. But let's say I was thinking it really wasn't going to go past 95, then, you know, maybe I'd do 40 shares here and 40 shares here. And then if it, you know, if it got to like, you know, 98, then maybe I'd cut it because I think if it's, if it goes over a hundred, it's just going to keep going. Right. So it's really up to you how you want to play these things. But the bottom line is you just have to have a plan and size in according to that plan and cut it when you were going to cut it. Because as soon as you, you know, if you're, if you're going to put 80 shares on this and you go, okay, short 40, short 40, and then you're going to cut it just around a hundred and then it gets to 101, this next line. And you're like, eh, no, it's like, maybe, maybe it will go to 101 and I'll come back down. You throw another 20 on. And then it goes up to the next line and you're like, oh, well, you know, I still got lines up there. So put a little bit more up here. Keep trying to bring up the like that's that's when short squeezes happen is because you keep trying to average up, average up. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're you know, you're just burying yourself and the thing takes off and you're covering into strength and it's it's a disaster. So, yeah. again, you know, and, and, we say it, say it all the time is risk management, right? Yeah. And one of the biggest I don't want to say scams, one of the most unfair things uh a lot of the brokerages do they is they give you leverage first of all and then they they expect they attract the kind of people that don't have a lot of money to begin with you put a few thousand dollars it's meaningful to you right but a few thousand dollars and 
to trade with in the market is nothing. And then so you're incentivized to use the leverage. And what happens is your account can only go negative a certain percentage before it's blown up because of because of how much money you borrowed, right? So it's really easy to go short, use leverage. And if that thing moves like a percent, two percent against you, that goes you two thousand dollars. Because you're trying yeah. to hold like a five thousand dollar position, right? So uh, definitely not a good idea to play anything with margin um, or even shorting if you're a beginner trader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, I, I always trade like on the long side, I only trade cash, like whatever's in my account. I've never leveraged anything. Um, the short side, you have to leverage to a, a degree because you can't, I don't even think you can short on a cash account, but no. um, you have to, so yeah, so you have to be on a margin account. So, it's, you know, technically you're using leverage, but like I'm still never using leverage. I'm only using the money I have in my account. So, you know, if, if the stock moves 1%, then my actual account has lost 1%. It's not, it's not like I'm losing, you know, 10 times my investment or whatever. Yeah, you, you definitely have to exercise some self-control there because once you go, once you put in like a thousand dollars in there, you go, oh, you're gonna give me three to one, so I can hold three thousand dollars for the positions. Like that's such a yeah. great deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So it's there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of people losing money in the markets just doing that. Like a lot of people. Yeah. Um, there's actually I forgot there was a I just was, was listening to a stat last week. Um, this guy used to work for one of these firms, these brokerages that gave people leverage. It was like a forex firm. Okay. And the way they look at uh, customers was, I think it was um, um, retention rate. They, some, they have something like a like a twenty percent retention rate. So eighty percent of their clients blow blow out within a year. Wow. All right. So this is um, SAVA. Um, they're a, like a healthcare company, I guess. Um, they came out with some news on February second about like some Alzheimer's disease trial thing they had going on. I, I don't really read too much into the news. I don't really care that much about that stuff. Um, Bottom line, the only reason I really want to show you guys this trade is because, you know, look at it. It, it went from, you know, 25 bucks up to, you know, 140 almost at the high. And you probably didn't really hear anyone talking about this unless you're like an active trader. So that's, you know, what, six, seven hundred percent roughly. And, you know, two days it's gone up. So this is just another example of, you know, stuff like GME, like it, it happens, like, you know, not like markets are crazy right now. So there's a lot more of this happening, but. Like this is, I would say, a pretty pretty much a, a weekly occurrence for the most part in in day trading these small cap companies. So that's why when you know you see everyone getting excited over stuff like GME and thinking they're going to throw all their money into it, it's just like, man, like <laughs> just just don't do it because this is what happens every time they come back down, right? So um, we'll dive into the same thing. I'll open the line chart again just because you know I I think it's the easiest way to really see the kind of the big picture on these. By, by the way, is this um, interactive brokers platform? Yeah, this is interactive, bro. I just have my um, this is my uh, paper trading account because I don't want everyone to see my account number. But yeah, this is this is interactive brokers. It's uh, I've been using it for a long time. It's you know it's pretty user friendly. I like it. Um, there is I'm thinking about getting um, DOS Trader Pro soon. It's like um, it's just like quicker feed times, and you can you can link your account like link more accounts to it and stuff. It's it's you have to pay for it though. It's like 125 bucks a month or something like that. But it's a really good software. So I'm thinking about, you know, kind of upgrading to that soon. But Interactive Brokers is easily my favorite that I've used so far. Um, Wait, so again, does that mean you have to so does that mean you have to pay for two data feeds then? One for that the DOS software, one for interactive? I haven't looked too much into it, but I believe so. Yeah. Like you have to you have to pay the the hundred and twenty or so bucks just to use the software and then you're paying for your fee as well. Look at this so. baller. <laughs> like the money's shorting. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just picky. <laughs> Um, yeah, so again, you know, it's, it's, this is a much, much cleaner chart than GME, but it's, it's really the same principles. So, you know, again, first thing, this is our first day here. You got your big volume, uh, comes up all front side, right? You know, you get this big pullback here, 
still, I really wouldn't consider this backside of the move overall. Like it's backside of this extension here, but it's not backside of the move. You know, I, I really wouldn't consider this backside personally until it broke, I would say this level down here, just like in the day. So if it broke that 35 level, because if we kind of zoom in on that, it's um, getting a little bit closer. See, that's, you know, maybe even lower, actually, maybe even like the 33 area down there. Because those are really, you know, like the way these moves usually work is you get some news comes out or whatever. You get this big run up and then a pullback. And that that initial pullback is really kind of like the end game for the stock. So that's anything under that is really safe to short. Um, this one obviously extended pretty far. So like, you know, if it's up at $72, I'm really not waiting for it to come down to $30 before I start short. Um, so you'd, you'd look for kind of like a more of a short term break on this uptrend pattern here. And on this one, we got, you know, we got a double top and then it kind of cracked down. So if we zoom in on that, um, again, this is why I like the line chart. So this top here, you get this big run up and then, you know, you can just draw your line right there. You see that little pullback right there and then the bigger one here. So as soon as that level broke, I would call that kind of like, you know, a short term breakdown comes down, bounces right back up into that line within a buck or two. And then, you know, you get a fade off. So again, these are, you know, these are still overall front side. So like for me personally, I'd probably short into this line and I would cover into these two bottoms right here, you know, 63 bucks and 62 bucks. I wouldn't really be looking to fade this all the way back down to the view op line. Um, just because like I've seen many times where it does this comes down to this level and then just carries on back up. Right. Like you don't, you don't really want to try and hold these and fade these all the way back down to the bottom until you see like a really clear change in direction on the stock. Um, so we'll go to the bigger picture here. Again, the only reason I'm showing you guys this is just to kind of, you know, just prove that this stuff happens a lot. So if you see one going up 500%, don't get all excited and throw all your money into it. Just watch it, study it, you know, save the pictures, save these these line charts or candle charts, whatever you like to look at. Um, you know, wait for your entry on the pattern. Yeah, I was um, telling Sam, like, like spend all day backtesting charts, just yeah. drawing resistance and support lines, looking at the chart patterns, just learning to recognize them. Because you're staring at this, you probably won't, will never learn. So you have to get active and just start drawing. Yeah, it's, it's so different too when you're actually watching in real time. Like, um, you know, like I, I usually spend like three, four hours a night just going over all the charts for the day, uh, just reviewing my old trades from weeks ago. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I spend a lot of time on the computer just looking at charts, watching price action, um, just because it's, 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 you really, in the moment, you really have to, you know, it's, it's fine for me to say, oh, yeah, you know, look, it did this, it came up, it went right into that line, it came down. Like everybody who's never traded a stock before can see that clear as day. But when you're watching it actually happen, it's, it's completely different. You know, you're watching the candles flick around, you get these little wicks and these little snaps. And it's, it's, it's just, you, you got to really just get that screen time. I mean, just to, just to understand, like, there's a lot of, I don't know, it's, it's weird, but there's a lot of intuition. Like, you know, when you're watching a chart, like I've had times where I've cut a position just because it didn't even necessarily hit my risk. It just didn't feel right. Like I just, I just didn't like the way the chart was moving. Yeah. I was like, eh, it's just, something just feels wrong. And I just take my loss, cut it. And then, you know, it rips in the opposite direction or maybe it, carries on in the right direction and that's fine too because you know if, if something didn't feel i don't want to be stressed in a trade is the bottom line <laughs> like if something doesn't feel right and i feel my blood pressure going up i'm, I'm already thinking that i'm starting to make some wrong mistakes so i usually usually just kind of cut it at that point um this one here so after you get these big run-ups where's our end of day here 16 
So it looks like our, you know, our close is, I think that's it right there, actually the close of that day. So this, this was our last green day and that line I just drew is basically right where the close price was. So the next morning, this includes after hours and pre-market too, by the way, guys. So if you look at the time down at the bottom here, um, 16 is four o'clock. So that's market close. So this is all after hours, this whole move up. Um, so that's, that's what we call a gap up, right? And then this is the next day. So this right here is actually like a, a beautiful, beautiful setup. If you look at that, you know, you get this big run up. It's really steep, big overextension, gaps up in the morning. And this is kind of the thing that we're looking at the short. So if you look here, you know, pre-market, it opens right around 116. And then it kind of spikes up, fades off. You know, it's under view up all pre-market. It's really weak, right? Like that's a weak chart. It's selling basically all morning after that pop. It's had this big run up. So you know that all these guys that bought long are looking to sell because they've just made a ton of money, right? Like even if you bought at the close, you bought 85 bucks. Now it's up to 130, right? Like that's a lot of gains. So like the best place, like what I'd be looking for is a break at this level right here, this 114. Because that's basically, you know, if you look at the day before, that's kind of where we bottomed out. It kind of shot back through that line, sat on it. Next morning, that's right where it opened, spiked up. We had this sell off here, you know, seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, eight o'clock, and nine o'clock are all different time frames when different brokers are coming. Like nine o'clock, we always laugh because that's like, you know, the Robin Hooders are just waking up because nine o'clock is when you can trade on Robin Hood. So every morning, whatever stock is, you know, hot and play or whatever at nine o'clock, like clockwork, you just see, you know, all this buying start to come in on these junk stocks and then, you know, they'll crash or do whatever because that's all the Robin Hood traders. Um, but you seven o'clock. You know what I just noticed? Yeah. The uh, the peak, I think it starts at either, is that 10 or 9.30, like where the where it valleys and then peaks all the way up to like 12-ish? Yeah, that, so like the that, open that... is right here, like right on this bottom, on basically. Open? It just dipped on the open and then shot up. That's one of my, there's one of my favorite indicators of looking at volume to let me know that a run has basically had its course. Because even though it's the price actually was moving up, the volume was declining. So that's, that's right. when you know the buying, the buying power, the, the force, the momentum is, is losing steam. Yeah, yeah. So that's what David's saying right down here. This is the volume. You can see, you know, right out of the gate, really high, you know, up over 300,000 shares. And then it just tapers off. But as you can see, as this volume kind of tapers off, the stock is still in that uptrend, right? And then it tapers off, tapers off all the way down through this selling. So like this, this is again, what I'm saying is, you know, you want to wait for these bounces. Like this thing pre-market, it came down to, you know, 92 bucks, opened around 100 sold off really quick right like you know it opened around 100 bucks sold off quick to 93 bucks so a lot of people are gonna think oh man this thing sound like crazy let's you know short it chase it down and then boom you know it shoots right back up to 115 so you never want to chase weakness um one 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 way you could short that basically is this bottom right here pre-market you know 92.20 if that did really snap that line maybe bounce off this 85 line and come back into it you could probably short that bounce but you never ever want to just you know, there's nothing in here. There's no levels in here. You don't want to just chase that thing down, right? Wait for it to come up. You know, it's clear as day. You have your pre-market. That's where it's open, shot up. That's where it bounced off again. And then when it broke that pre-market, it was just like selling all the way down. So when it comes back up into that, you know, you can pretty comfortably short this. And then this is, you know, once you break this 85 line, that's the close from the prior day. So these, these are one of those things where, you know, you put a little bit of size up here short it down, you know, play these bounces all the way down. And once it breaks this, like once it goes red, that's when you can really, you know, pile the size on. And you can see again, you know, it bounced right off the 67 line, which we drew, I believe back here on these tops. So, and then again, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You know, once, once you get into the trade, you just, 
you know, you just draw your lines. Like I always start left and I work my way right. So if I'm looking over here, you know, this top, that first day, you know, draw your line right there and look at that, you know, three days later, it bottomed almost to the penny on that. And then it held again over here on the way up, you know, I'd say probably somewhere in this 50, you know, $53 range, maybe something like that. Kind of got a top into it, bounced off it twice, you know, and then look at that. You look over here, that's where it sold off to bounce right off that line again, right up into this next line, bounce down into this line again. You know, it's, 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 it's just back and forth, back and forth. So that's why, that's why I really like the line chart. It's really easy to read that kind of stuff. Um, again, you know, it's, it's like we said, it's, it's straightforward when you're just looking at it like this, but there is, you don't just want to start, you know, throwing a whole bunch of size on these things until you really sit down and, you know, you look at the candle charts, see how these things are actually playing out. It's a lot more, you know, exciting. There's a lot more, you know, there's variance. Like look at this one, for example, you know, it came down 52 bucks. It went down to 48 bucks. So it went quite a ways through the line, but still, you know, it consolidated around it and shot back up. So if you're just saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, put my thing here, put my size there and I'm going to cut it, you know, a buck below, then you you would have gotten knocked out even though your original thesis was correct. So um, it's really just the screen time on that kind of stuff. Um, there's one, a couple more. Yeah, I want to show you guys this one too. ACG. This one was about a 14 or so, 100% gainer, I believe. Uh, just load that. Yeah, so this is the daily chart here, you know. Closed the one day at a buck forty, opened it, you know, three sixty-eight, shot all the way up to twenty bucks basically. And then the next day, as you know, we expect, gaps down, sells off. Like it's all the same story. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig too much into this one. Um, it's basically the same idea. But again, you know, it's a fourteen hundred percent run in a, in one day. So this kind of stuff happens. Just only way to be prepared is just to learn and study them. Same idea again, right? Like first day, you know, I'm not, I'm not shorting this thing until it breaks, you know, until it breaks that base right there. That's where, that's where the low is. That's where the, you know, that's where the stock bottom. So I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't even touch this until that line broke and it didn't break. So, you know, we don't touch it. Um, and then just draw your lines all the way up. Right. You know, we got our top right here. That's kind of where, it, you know, it shot up consolidated under that line shot up through. And then you're going to do that all the way along, right? You know, draw a line there. Uh, maybe some resistance there. Some there. Look at these two spots here. Oh, that's a vertical line. <laughs> yeah, right around this. And yeah, so that's, you know, that's, that's really how it goes. I mean, it's pretty quick, pretty easy. Um, this one basically just like essentially just died right out of the gate. So... If you look at it though, like this, this is kind of the area where I'd where I'd want to short again. So if we go, I'm just going to open this so you can see the pre-market uh, action. It's on the daily, yeah, there we go. Yeah, so again, you know, it's it's the same idea. The stocks, you know, it shot way up yesterday. I don't know why my volume looks like that. That's not <laughs> that's not right. There we go. Um, yeah, so shot way up yesterday. Uh, you know, came down, it sold way off. Where's the close? Closes right around here. So after hours, you know, it actually sold off after hours, gapped down. So when it gaps down, you know that everybody's going to be panicking all along. They're going to want to get out, right? So that's kind of why you see this here. This this pre-market level is is pretty important. It always is, which is the, you know, the base on pre-market. So that's a pretty good level there. Um, this line, I would probably adjust that, something like that. 
Um, again, it's the same thing we talked about in GME though, on only on a smaller time frame, right? Like you get this kind of consolidation sideways like that, like that's a lot of price movement in this area. So that's that's kind of like where I'd be looking. You know, if it went up over this, I, I personally wouldn't wouldn't want to be getting short. I'd, I'd take the loss if I was already into it. Um, but these are lines I would use. And then this is pre-market again. I don't trade pre-market. So this this spike up into this area was pre-market. And then the open was right about here. So basically just tanked out of the open. Um, that's when you can short back up into this base level pretty comfortably. And then this one here, you know, 825 or so, 820, the low of pre-market. That's like, you can see, I mean, once once it breaks that, the stock, you know, it just it just dies completely. Like it's game over. So I'll just show on the candle chart as well because I know a lot of people might find that a little bit easier to read. Um, yeah, so like, you know, pretty clear, like almost to the penny on the lines. This is pre-market again. So opens here, tanks down, you know, touches that line almost perfectly from pre-market. And then this one actually halted a couple of times. That's what these little sideways dashes are. Uh, it's a volatility halt. So basically if the price moves too quick and too short a time frame, it just gets halted to... I don't know, essentially let everyone cool off for lack of a better term. Um, but then it comes right back down to that same pre-market base again. And as soon as it breaks it, you know, it sits under here for a couple of minutes, like right in there, I would be throwing 100% size on that for sure. And just covering into this next line down. That's 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 my favorite play right there. And then I would I would just, you know, I'd probably risk like just over one or 850 personally, just because like to me, if I see this, you know, if I see this kind of action and I see that die and it sits under there and then, all of a sudden it reclaims like to me that's like you know even if it comes back down that's not the that's not the setup i'm looking for so i'd be out on that personally but this is again you know look for those lines as soon as it gets under those lines you want clear indication the stock is is basically toast and that's that's when you can start shorting um i don't i don't long really ever in the morning so that's why i'm all always just talking about shorts here guys so if you're a long trader i'm sorry but <laughs> i mean the the idea is the same really i mean you just Draw in your levels, you know, pick your points where, you know, on the long side, you want to you want to pick a point where the stock is strong, where, you know, it's reversing, where, you know, shorts are going to be getting scared. They're going to start covering um, on the short side. We want to look for places that longs are going to be scared. Longs are going to start selling. Uh, you're looking for the breakdowns versus the breakouts. Um, so, yeah, that's I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I don't want to go too much more into detail on these. I just wanted to give a couple examples from. From this week of stocks that were going, you know, five hundred, a thousand percent, because it, you know, it, it happens a lot. So just keep an eye out for them, study them, and and learn from them. Then you can take advantage of them. Yeah, how do you? Excuse me, how do you find the stocks? You, you use a scanner, right? Yeah, I use um, I use stockcharts.com. Um, oh, so it's a, free. It it well, stockcharts itself is free, but you have to you have to pay to use the scanner. It's like oh, okay, it's like twenty five or thirty bucks a month or something like that, but. It's a really good scanner because you can actually um, you can actually set your own parameters. So like, you know, on like Finviz or like your your broker or something like that, you know, you, they're like, OK, you know, trade count, percentage gain, like it gives you specific things that you can you can adjust. But on uh, on stock charts, you actually write your own code so you can scan for like literally anything you can think of. Like I can scan for I don't know, there's other scanners that do the same thing, but you can scan for like dollar value. You can scan for like you know, yesterday's close plus $4, like, like anything you can think of, you can scan for yeah, so like percentage and price changes, whatever that you want to look for. Yeah, exactly. Like you actually, you actually type in your own code into a big like Excel box basically. So it makes it a lot easier to just weed everything out. Cool. Very cool. Uh, just following that, I'm going to show um, XPeng real quick. Cause I know people have FOMO 
FOMA buy stocks, and I can just show you what you what you do if you miss miss a buy. Sam, can you pull up my screen? Okay, and uh, this is the chart for Xpeng. Some of you guys might know know them. They're an electric car company. Uh, this is TradingView. This is the app that I use. Uh, it's like 150 bucks US a year. Uh, well, you can get the free version. It just doesn't have some of the tools, but but stuff like the watch list and the the main tools I'm going to show you just now, those are uh, there with the free version. So. Anyway, what I wanted to say was uh, there's a couple things that I did. A buddy of mine, it was actually Blake from last week's episode that told me about this stock. And he told me, like, they just IPO'd and he was buying it. And I think I bought it in around 18 bucks around this point here. Oops, wrong arrow. So I bought it in around, around this time here, about 18 bucks. And uh, it went up. Let's see. It went up, I think. Whoops. Technical problems. <laughs> I'm not used to this keyboard. There we go. So it went up 25%. So I sold at the top here and it and it dipped down. I was like, oh, thank God. And this was around, no, this is, this, yeah, this was around the election time. So I think the price started selling off. But I think something in the news hit and they took off and actually did a, what is that? Almost a 3X. So three times in, within 30 days. 21 bars. Yeah, 30 days. So, um, yeah. So, like most people will look at this and they might be foaming and buying it on the way up. Um, I just kind of let it take off. I thought it was rich here. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll buy this pullback. I waited. It wasn't, it wasn't enough. Usually I'll wait for like a pullback to the breakout. So it broke out here. That's where I'd feel safe breaking, uh, buying it. Here's even more conservative, but I'd be, but where this broke out, that's where I feel safe buying it. It never pulled back. It just kept going up all the way to, what's that, 70, 75 bucks almost. So what I do is I usually watch it. And when you're going forward in time, you don't know what's going to happen next. But you're going to see this bar, and then you're going to see this bar, and then you're going to see these two. And then once you have at least three to four consecutive red days where it closed lower, that's why they're red, then you kind of know the top is in, and you see this pull back to the top here. So at this point, that's when I decided, all right, now it's time to look for entries. So what I did was I used my Fibonacci tool and I went to the beginning of the beginning of the rally to the top of the rally. And what you'll find is levels uh, to buy in at. So I saw like, look, it crashed down, hit the 50% level, went back up, oscillated a little bit, crashed right at the 65% level and made its way back up. And now it's right at the 50% level. So what I did was I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm a cheap bastard. So then I didn't, you could buy in at any of these levels it depends on how bullish this uh this asset is um but considering how 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 strongly it sold uh, um it got bought up i figured it's going to sell off just as hard so a hard sell off of it is at 618 level when a stock starts to retrace in the 70s and the 80s it's probably a dying company and then if you and if you put this chart on gamestop you probably see it right around here right now 88 percent retracement so it's, it's a dying company so i put my buy order here the 618 to 65% level, that's my favorite. I got in at, I think it was 37, 38 bucks. Yeah, right there. And I just rode that thing up. This is a very, very, very powerful, very, very underutilized tool. And uh, you can customize it too. I, do, can, I, I just want to point out really quick too, just like, because we were talking about the lines and resistance and stuff. If you look at, at the very start of that run, you see where it had those first like three red days? These ones? Oh, these ones. Yeah. So like like right at the top of that that candle right there is basically right in where you're where you were setting your buy orders based on the Fibonacci's as well. 
for like for that for that set for that dip there. If you if you buy the way up, no, no, um, on the way back down. Like if you drew a line across, right? Oh yeah, so it matches perfectly, right? Yeah, yeah, because like yeah, that's yeah. that's the way that I read charts, right? So this bottom is this top, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's why I, f I freaking love this tool. It's so powerful. Mm -hmm. Get rid of that. But you can set your own numbers too. Like a lot of these numbers are custom. Like there is no, um, there is no sixty-five percent. I I added that on my own. So you can turn these colors on and off. You can change the colors as you as you like. Um, I like to keep them at yellow because I find that the sixty-five and the six one eight it usually pierces the six one eight into the six uh, sixty-five percent. So like that's like my favorite range to buy in. That's when I know it's a healthy pullback. And then what you want to do is you want to set your stop below that because if it goes dips below this, like I said, it's going to be a dying company. Um, so yeah, and what I did was in, in terms of taking profit, I took profit around, I think this level was like 50 something bucks. Yeah. I've took, took profit around here, 50, 52 bucks. So it was a nice, what I think 50% swing, 38% swing. And I took, I sold half my position here and I'm waiting for a pullback and I'm going to buy in probably just below this, right around this level 40. I have an order out at 45, 45, 75. So, yeah, that's that's all. Like, this was like what? Not FOMOing. All I had to do was wait 63 days, two months. All, not even, sorry. I bought in here. All I had to do was wait a full 36 days, and I got a 36% return on this asset. So, yeah, you, you don't have to FOMO, guys. And it doesn't always hit, but this is way better than chasing. And then, you know, when you're in a position, I know all of you guys that bought GameStop are just watching your phone or watching the computer all day long, like just going, come on, come on, come on. You're happy when it's going up and you're going to fuck, 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 fuck when it's going down. Like, like that's not really trading. Like it might be fun once in a while, but you know, that's not, you don't, you want to be stone cold when you're doing this. So you just want to trust your, your tools and that's it. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. that's a really, really important thing that we both kind of touched on in our own styles is just like, like again, you know, I'm like some of the charts I showed. I said, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch this here because it's just not, it's not perfect for me, right? And same with you. You're looking at that big breakout, and you know, you're going, ah, shit, I sold it at twenty bucks. Now it's at sixty, but you're going, you know what? Like, I know what it's going to do. It's going to come back down. I'm going to wait. I'm going to set my buy orders, you know, on the levels that I'm comfortable with, and it's, it just makes it, like you said, it's just stress free. You know, it's just robotic. You don't have to worry about it. It's, 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 it's something that you know, and you're, you're waiting for. Yeah, and you and you and the thing is, like the most easy, the hard things for people do become easy when you make them a habit. So, like, no, you have to make not chasing a habit, right? Because this could easily have not hit my six one eight level, just took off, and I would have been like, oh shit. But the thing is, you that wasn't the point of trying to catch the asset. It was the point was just to create this habit of not chasing? Because over the time, if you want to make this a career, over the time, a span of time, uh, ten years, if all you do is chase, you're gonna lose nine out of ten, maybe ninety out of 100 right so mm -hmm. you're never going to be profitable so if you keep a habit of this you know every three stocks that does pull back to the 618 i do a nice 30 percent meanwhile you're chasing and losing money like which right. is the better long-term sustainable strategy right yeah i even had a couple of my buddies like over the past couple of weeks that you know they they bought into like dogecoin and and gme like just random stuff like that and they're like oh yeah i threw some money into it and like you know made 300 bucks or and they're like they're like you know rubbing it in my face like trying to make me feel like i missed out or something i'm like like, man, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have traded that anyways. Like, I, I, you know, I do what I do and that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm happy you made a few hundred bucks, but show me that tomorrow. 
you, you know what this just reminded me of? It's like the story story of the tor- tortoise and the hare. These guys that play GME and they buy the call options, they're the hare, like just take off, right? Yeah. But us, oh, it's day, day after day, week after week. It's like oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, super boring, you know. Yeah, it's work, but it's fun and it pays and it really does pay off. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's kind of weird because like like I love trading. It's a lot of fun, but like I want it to be boring. Like I don't want to be I don't want to be excited on the edge of my seat there when I'm watching the charts. I just want to be like, okay, yeah, you know, hit my levels. All right, yeah, sold out, made some money. Oh yeah, there. Oh, that one's going the wrong way. Stopped out. Okay, I was wrong. You know, like that's that's the way you should feel. You shouldn't be like you know glued to your computer pouring yeah. sweat. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what amount of time, but it but it is just amount of time, right? So there's no like you, after ten losses, you're hardened. It's just it's just something clicks after a while. You're just like ah, whatever. <laughs> and when yeah. when that day happens, that's when you start winning more than you're losing. Yeah. Once you st- once you like completely stop caring about the money, and all you care about is just looking at like you know like when I look at some of my charts because I save every trade I do. I look at some of them and like I'll have a chart where I've made like you know ten percent of what a really good trade is. And I'll look at it and I'll look at the, you know, the arrows where I bought and sold or whatever. I'm like, man, I'm so proud of that. Like, that is just such a good trade. And, you know, I make nothing on it, but I'm just like, I'm just, I'm way more happy about the execution. Yeah, hundred percent. I actually only do that for my Tesla's on my, on the 12 hour chart on the trading view. All I, it's just pure notes, bot here, TFSA here, RSP there. Like, it's just, I want to keep a log of it. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to have a scorecard. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, I always track everything just cause like, I know stuff you're doing involves a lot more like, you know, company research and longer term stuff, but like, but the way that I trade, obviously it's, you know, it can get out, it can get away from me pretty quick. So I got to keep track of every day. Right. On that note, I wanted to touch on a subject. I was reading, a, a, um, I was watching this video actually, Malcolm Gladwell, and he reminded me of a bunch of books of his that I read. I've got like eight of them. And there was, um, there's a there was a thing there was a human fallacy that, that I didn't connect the dots until to, to with trading until now, but I thought it was interesting that I should point out. It's called um, resulting. So what that means is like actually a lot of gamblers will know this fallacy. So what that means is you base the quality, you judge the quality of your decisions based on the result of the decision, right? So if you made a decision and it was a positive thing, then you're like, oh, that was a that was a quality think thought process that worked, right? But that's actually a fallacy because a lot of especially with complex things and games and things of chance and probability you sometimes you just make the most perfect decisions based on the best data that you have available to you and the world just says nope not going to happen right so if you base the quality of your decision on the result you would have missed out on the fact that you did everything correctly mm. so i think it's really important for traders to understand like you really have to stop trying to wing it and um use intuition like you can develop intuition but especially when you're starting off you have to start looking like you you found that one pattern that worked for you and you made it consistent right Mm -hmm. because that's so then even the times when you're wrong you're like okay that was the market it wasn't me it wasn't my system right yeah that's the biggest that's that's a huge confidence kick too right like especially when you're new and you don't really know what you're doing i mean you know i've 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 studied charts for you know months and then i i start trading the pattern and you know it's working it's like working i'm like okay this is kind of working like my data seems to be paying off and I start going a little bit bigger and then a little bit bigger. And then like all of a sudden I take, you know, a pretty decent, decent loss, not because I, you know, didn't have any risk, but just because my size was getting bigger. And then it's like, oh, well, that, you know, it kind of sucks. Like I thought that that trade was like, you know, really good. I thought that, you know, all this data that I have and then you do it again and you lose again. And it's like, oh, what the hell? And then you do it again, you lose again. And then all of a sudden, like, you don't even want to play that pattern anymore. And you're just like, fuck, like what's going on? Like, does this, 
does this actually not work? Like, you know, what's happening? But, you know, the thing that I think really comes with time is the reality that markets change to a certain degree. I think, you know, the the main patterns, the main setups still work, but there's variances in them. So like, you know, for example, if, if you have like a really bullish market, um, let's say, you know, you're shorting like I do or whatever, and I'm trying to short a bounce in that kind of situation, you know, like, like we drew our lines, maybe if I know the market's been really, really bullish and I've been getting blown out of trades a couple of times, you know, maybe I'll start moving up to those next set of lines because my thesis might still be correct, but it's just going a little bit further now. Right. That's, that's one of those things to keep in mind. The other thing that, you know, really took me a while to, to realize is, is that all your trades aren't necessarily going to work out. And you, like you said, you might be right. But let's just say, you know, you have a setup that, you know, works 80% of the time. That doesn't mean, I think I've mentioned this before, it doesn't mean you're, you know, you're going to win four and then lose one and then win four and then lose one. You know, that that 20% of failures could come for two weeks straight. You might lose that trade every single day for 10 days. And then you might win that trade every single day for four months, right? So it's, yeah. but if you're losing that same trade every day, day after day, then like, you know, it's tough not to, take a huge confidence hit and be like, oh shit, like, do I really know how to trade? Is this pattern even valid anymore? But it's, you know, that's, that's, again, it's one of those psychology things. You got to step away and take a breather, just start charting again, you know, and figure out what's, what's going on, whether it's you or whether it's just, you know, it's just a, a matter of the markets or whether, whether it's just these particular trades are just having a bad little week. Yeah. It's, I think it's really important for people to get insight on their own thought process and, um, and figure out and figure things out, especially like you, you collect a lot of data, like uh, of all your past trades and things like that. I keep a log. I don't, but I really should start doing that because um, you're the second guy I've heard that. I just heard it from another, um, he, he's a hedge fund guy. And he was like saying, when you first started out, um, he, they noticed that they were just barely breaking uh, even every year. And like, even on a good year, they they'd make a little money on a bad year. They barely break even or lost something. Right. And it wasn't until they started looking at their books and they were like, looking at every trade that they made, they realized that 80% of the money came from 20% of the trades. So they're like, mm -hmm. let's see what we're doing right with this 20%. What was, you know, what was our indicators? What was our thought process? And let's just focus on those. And as soon as they cut out all the other crap and just focus on the winners, they started winning consistently. Right. I even mentioned that to you, like sort yeah. of similar, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, Bitcoin and stuff. Cause like your, your day trading, so to speak is basically only in Bitcoin. Right. So yeah. You, you know, you're like, oh, maybe I should get into these things that you play and stuff like that. And I was like, I was like, honestly, man, if you, if you want to learn, that's fine. But there's like, you don't, you don't have to feel like you need to do something else. Like, and then I, I said, you know, like guys back in the eighties or whatever, they would do their whole career trading only coffee or like yeah. only lumber. Like all I trade is lumber. Right. And you make a whole living off of it. So you don't, you don't need to do everything. And that, that was a huge, that was a huge growing point for me just over the past year is I was always trying to do everything because I felt like, you know, like I see these moves and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm missing this. I'm missing this long play. I'm missing this short play. I'm, I'm missing this. I'm missing that. But until I got to the point where, you know, I, I, I go into the morning and I'll have, you know, maybe two or three, maybe four stocks that I'm, that I'm really watching and maybe I'll get one trade out of it. And that'll probably be my whole day. Or, you know, maybe I'll get no trades and then I'll just, you know, shut everything down. I won't even look at the charts for the rest of the day because that's that's what I found works out for me. I, I I focus on the setups right now that make me the most money. And if there's other setups, I know all it's going to do, I might make a buck here or there, but all it's going to do is drain my mental capital. I'm going to be more tired. I'm going to be exhausted. I'm going to be less confident in the trades that I do know that work. 
and, and you know, it's you, you got to kind of weigh the pros and cons. Like, is the extra, you know, ten percent of overall profits you might make from staring at the screen all day and trying to hit everything really going to be worth it? Like, just on your general well-being. Yeah, actually, that 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 exactly that exact thing happened to me. It's it's when I started um, turning the corner. Like I told you, I blew up quite a few accounts playing the futures, Bitcoin futures. And mm. it was because I was trying to play every move because every move felt like an opportunity. I'm like, I'm missing an opportunity. I'm missing an opportunity. So I tried to play every move. And that's when I kept getting my ass kicked. And then it's when I told myself to step back. And I'm like, all right, just wait until you see something and you like it. And then you play it. Not because you're missing a move, but because you like what you're seeing. And it makes sense to you. Then play yeah. it. And then I started winning a little bit more. Yeah, it's 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 so much better <laughs> for your confidence, too. And like the nicest thing about that is when you when you do get those moves like you're talking about, instead of you know, like, cause you got to think of your risk too. Like, you know, let's just say you, you don't want to lose more than 200 bucks in a day for argument's sake, right? Let's say your risk on each trade is 50 bucks. So if you lose four trades, you're down 200 bucks and you know, you've lost four times in a row. You feel like crap, you know, it sucks. It's exhausting. Or you can focus on that one play that you're really good at. You can throw way more size into it. You can lose once and be down 200 bucks and be like, ah, man, that sucks. I lost one trade down my 200 bucks, we'll call it for the day, move on, come in the next day. And if you're risking 200 bucks, you're probably looking to make like eight or 900. So, you know, you win that twice. That's going to feel a lot better than these little $50 trades that are just like, you know, picking away at you. You're trying to make, you know, hundred bucks, a hundred bucks, and then you're losing 50, 50. Like it's just, you know, it's like just nitpicking away at you. You just want to look for the, the best setups, just hit it. You know, if you lose, you lose, but you know, you're probably going to win more than you lose because it's your best setup, right? Yeah, for, for like uh, like a 12 to 18 month stretch, I was in, I was literally in hell because I would be making those like 25 to $50 bets and I'd be winning. But every time I lose, it would be like 300 bucks. It was yeah. just like <laughs> kill like a week's worth of work or two weeks worth of work. And it's just like so depressing. It's like, I'm right more than I'm wrong. I still can't make any money. Yeah, I know. I even post, I posted that on our story the other day. I said, you know, you can, you can be right 40% of the time. And you can still be a very profitable trader, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, yeah. you got to risk management and plan your size accordingly. But you you can be right 80% of the time and not be a profitable trader. I remember I was in a chat room once and this guy posts, he's like, he, like you know, he posts his stats and like I saw I saw it pop up and he, I think he was, he was right. He was winning his trades like 87% of the time, but he was winning like 50 or 60 bucks a trade. And then his losses were like $1,200 or $1,500. So he, overall, he was losing a ton of money. <laughs> I, I, th I think I know what that is because I've experienced it. It's like when you when you have such a high win streak, you, you can't accept that you're wrong. And so you ride those losers to the bottom, yeah. right? Whereas if you know, go into it knowing maybe you're 50-50, then you're more cautious. You got, you know, you're going to act on the outs. You're going to be aware of when the game, when, when the price action goes against you and stuff like that. So, it's, so having a good, a, good, a good good record might be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah yeah it can yeah. be i know i know a lot of guys always say you know their biggest losses come after their biggest wins right yeah well like, oh, yeah. nothing can hurt me and then you throw a whole bunch of size in a garbage play yeah, you know what else is really tricky though on like that whole risk management thing is when you when you have a play you're in you stop yourself out because you know you're disciplined you, you're smart and then all of a sudden it goes back in your favor now you have to not be frustrated and buy in or short sell and chase it down and then get blown out again and then does it again and then you get blown out again you know I've, I've been stuck in that too where i i go into a play and then it dips you know i will go into a long play or something and it dips down and knocks me out 
And then it comes right back up. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, fuck, I was right. Then I'll buy in a whole bunch more. And then it dips down again and knocks me out. And then it keeps going up. And I'm like, you know, it just drives you completely insane. <laughs> yeah, when you've, I've noticed when you've had a few losses in a row, you need to get away, just walk away. Because yeah. something about the price action is mesmerizing. It lulls you into like the wrong side of every move, right? When yeah. you're short, it, it goes long. When you go long, it goes short. You're just like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> And then in your head, it sounds easy because it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm just wrong every time I buy a stock. So I'll just short it wherever I think I should go long. And then you start doing that. And then it goes in the opposite direction again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Those are like emotional decisions. Definitely a no-no. Yeah, I know. It's tough. Like, I I, I remember I read this book, uh, The Daily Trading Coach. I think I recommended that to you. It's like, and one of the one of the key takeaways, uh, takeaways I took from that was like, the guy was saying, he's like, you got you to gotta talk to yourself in your head like a good sports coach would. So like if you were sitting there, you know, you don't want to sit there and be self-destructive. You got to think like imagine someone standing behind you who's like, no, like, you know, it wasn't you. It was just a mistake. Don't worry about it. We'll get them tomorrow. You know, just all that all that crap that the coaches always tell you to pump you up before a game or if you're having a hard time or whatever. Try and talk to yourself like that if you're having a rough time. And it, it can be a big help. Like it sounds it sounds kind of silly, but it, it really can help you a lot, especially, you know, you're sitting at home alone in front of your computer. It's easy to just start getting down on yourself when you're not making a lot of money. Or when you're just losing, right? Yeah, I, I think there's something to that because I know there's tons of research out there that says people behave differently when they know they're being watched. Yeah. And so 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 if you just kind of talk to yourself, maybe that has kind of a similar effect where you know you're watching yourself. You're like, okay, don't be don't be stupid. There's an audience here. We'll laugh at you. <laughs> like, you know. Uh, sorry for the cutout. We had some uh, technical difficulties, but um, yeah, we're coming to the end of our episode and um so we've been getting really good feedback from you guys and the majority of the feedback is that we should go more basic we're kind of running when we should be walking for you guys so i think for the next few videos maybe we'll go backwards and do like some tutorials i think the next one i just made an interactive brokers account haven't touched it yet and i'm gonna have um have Kaylin kind of walk me through it because he knows the platform and then through that way you guys can learn how to navigate the platform too because i'll know what questions to ask mm -hmm. um and that's about it anything else Kaylin? no oh, i'm good man all right, that's it, YouTube. Thanks for joining. Thanks. Remember to like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs>